0: I'm just going to click record, and, we'll, and when okay. Christian gets out here, we'll see if how things sound, and we can that I'll way, text him and see how things five, are going. have got nothing else to do today. This week's episode features Christian and Jillian. We speak about parenting, marriage, and cystic fibrosis. It's a uh, very good conversation. I think you all will enjoy it. You'll learn some stuff, and uh, yeah, just get ready for an excellent podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Enjoy. Okay, well, I'm Joy. This Hunter here BT Dubs um, here with Christian and Jillian, and we're gonna do a, a little podcast here. So uh, we're gonna start off with what we like to call the newly friend game, because uh, we are exactly how it sounds. We are newly friends. So um, if you want to say a little quick little blurbs about you guys, and we'll go ahead and get started. So whoever wants to start, I don't really care either way. Go ahead, Jillian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, I'm Jillian, and I'm Christian. We moved to New Albany uh, about three years ago, and uh, we just, last year, had our son, Simon.
0: Okay. All right. So, a newly friend game. Jillian and I kind of went, we started talking a little bit before Christian was putting the little one down, and Jillian and I were making small talk, and we quickly had to stop ourselves. So, um, I know that you all went to high school together. Nope. No, see, you oh, went to college again. So
1: that's minus one point on the newly friend game.
0: <laughs> Shoot. That's a, that's a four star rating on the iTunes reviews
2: so far. Alright, college, right? Same college, same yeah. college. Same so okay. Jillian and I went Jillian grew up in Ottawa, Ohio. Don't give too many details of Toledo. Is this like twenty questions? Did I get that?
0: Oh no, no, no. We're just we're gonna oh. try and so we'll try to learn some things about you. All right. I know is that you're married and you have a kid, that's all yeah. I know.
2: So Jillian grew up in Ottawa, Ohio, an hour south of Toledo, and I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. Okay. Uh, we both went to different high schools. Um, and then we met doing a high school youth ministry okay. thing called Diocesan Youth Council. Say that again. Diocesan Youth oh, okay. Council. Okay. <clears throat> and so we met doing that. And then uh, we started dating about a month before I went into seminary at the University
0: of Notre Dame. That's fantastic timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's All right. great really timing. Good timing. Highly, highly great recommend, timing. recommend it. it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, and did, so, you, did you know he was going to the seminary oh, yeah, when you started she dating? Did. Sure did. Just open to uh, pull them away? or We yeah. are open to God's will <laughs> in our life.
1: Yeah. yeah. We just like to live on the edge. Okay.
2: And so I went to Notre Dame uh, for a semester in seminary. And obviously a couple weeks in, I said, I can't do this anymore. I really love Jillian. Okay. And so I left seminary and I spent another semester at Notre Dame. And then
0: I... What year did you graduate college?
2: I graduated in 2013 from college.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. And then we, I went, went to Bowling Green. Uh, State University in Ohio.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Uh, and then I ended up getting my master's at the University of Michigan. Okay, excellent. Uh, and then we came down here.
0: All right, let's see here. Anything you want to know about me? You know no, I mean, I
1: feel like you. Where'd you go to college? college? I don't you think went I, know. To IU. I, I did. I did, yes.
0: That. Julie knows that. I was going to wear an Indiana shirt. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I have an water bottle. bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. She used some deduction there. Went to IU. Graduated in 2013 as well. Nice. Um, 26. Let's see here. Um, I am also married to Maria cochran here Went to IU as well. We actually have known each other since I was in first grade and she was in kindergarten.
2: Nice. So precious.
0: So we went to school together from kindergarten or first grade till I graduated college. So, Holy Family, Providence, IU. And we didn't date until we got to college. And she was my best friend's neighbor. So I was at her house... When I was like 10 on till we started dating. That's awesome. So it's kind of similar to you guys in that you... Well, not really similar. I mean, that you knew each other in color. Yeah, yeah. um, so that's my situation. Let's see here. What's your favorite color?
1: Aren't you, aren't you supposed to guess that in the Newly Friends? Your time?
0: favorite color is purple.
1: Oh, I'll take it. Wow. All right. That's really
0: it's, good. That is
1: orange. your favorite color. It's orange, but or, purple no. It's tied. Oh. It's purple. Yes, you win. I thought it
0: was okay. purple too. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know the rules of the Newly Friends <laughs> <right now. laughs> either. I did play that that deanery uh, marriage retreat thing. Oh yeah, so
1: aren't aren't you supposed to guess what are you? Eh,
0: I don't know. We could just kinda go through it. We're a just talking about it. Yeah, we can just uh, Yeah, we, we can we'll, we're bending the rules a little bit, so <laughs> favorite color is purple. I was, <laughs> Jillian apparently is what I've learned about Jillian in this conversation is that <laughs> she's a stickler for the rules. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just
1: this yeah,
0: <laughs> we're playing fast and loose here for the new weekends. Um, who cares about colors anyway? <laughs> um, let's see here. What other? If you, what is one piece of information about you that is pivotal to me becoming better friends with you?
1: Oh, probably that I hardly ever wear matching socks.
0: Okay, I also don't much care for matching socks because oh, meant to be. Yeah. All right. Life is
1: over- Matching is overrated. Life's too short.
0: Okay. Say. <laughs> That's what they call a uh, teaser in the business, people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing you should know about me that's pivotal to us being better friends is that I'm constantly thinking about the next meal. And I say that in that I, eating is my favorite activity. <laughs> and I'm always planning what I'm going to have next because I, I deeply care about what it's going to be because I want to eat. All right, so that's a really, really good funny. question is what is your favorite meal? Dun-dun. Like breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or, Ooh. <laughs> or no, or, or like what's my favorite ever. Like dish ever? Favorite dish ever. Okay, um, I think a quesadilla is nice and versatile, uh. and I think that's a good good favorite because you can put some black beans in there, uh, pico de gallo. I'm a stickler for some fresh pico, mm. so I love that. Mm. So I think that's a good chipotle or Qdoba. Qdoba. Chipotle.
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. At first,
0: I didn't think Chipotle would be as good because they didn't have queso, but I was wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. how I feel. What about you guys totally judged by the, the yep. groans. Okay. All right, um, Christian. Is there anything about you that I need to know to become better friends? I don't know
2: that's way too deep of a question for me to be <laughs> answer. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <Short period. laughs> no. Okay. I don't know. I don't think so. All right. I'm pretty, pretty. I don't know.
0: No, never mind. I feel pretty friendly right now, don't you guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, ready to hop into the meat of this bad boy? Let's do Get it. Get started. So. Um, this podcast came to be, um, largely because Christian is now a published author on the internet and That's cute. which there's a lot of, uh, editorial internet, not just anybody can be published on the internet. So Christian is now a published author and he wrote an article about his family, his family with Jillian and their son, Simon, and about Jillian and Jillian, you have cystic fibrosis. Yes. Yeah. So, that is what kind of started the idea of having this podcast because through us being friends on Facebook recently, I've seen you have been, a little bit kind of like an advocate for cystic fibrosis awareness. You just mm-hmm. went to an event over in Louisville at um, Copper and King's Brandy Brewery, which was called mm-hmm. what again? Uh,
1: Derby City's Finest. Derby
0: City's Finest, which is basically a young philanthropist networking event, more or less. Mm-hmm. Yep, and. Yep. Jillian and Christian, you both went, correct? Mm -hmm. You both went, um, met with people that are doing fun and interesting things, and you gave a brief 10-minute overview on cystic fibrosis, kind of put a face to the disease. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So Derby City's Finest is
2: basically this um, program through the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation where they... They invited a group of maybe just over ten, I think, people to to raise about twenty five hundred dollars okay. for six Foundation. And so this was their kickoff event. Okay. And so Jillian kind of came in and was the person with CF and and kind of was the 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 person that was able to share with them why, you know why they were raising the mm-hmm. okay. okay. And it was an inspiring talk, I thought.
0: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now before we Christian got in here. Jill and I were talking. Um, before learning a little bit more about CF recently, the only thing I knew about it was that Boomer of Science and his kid, right. Gunner, had cystic fibrosis because I had the book when I was a kid. And I remember I really liked this book because I think they dug like a underground tunnel system. They played football and he had chips and stuff. And he had like an underground fort that I thought was very interesting. That's cool. And that's the only thing I knew about it. And still that's my main gateway to it before I met you all. And then another thing that I saw you all doing was you all went to Holy Family, mm-hmm. spoke to third graders, Some fifth, fifth graders. graders. Okay. They uh,
1: the school raised money for coins for community. Okay. And the class that raised the most coins got to decide where the money went to. Okay. And they actually did this fundraiser back in February when I was in the hospital for oh, okay uh, kind of what they call like a CF cleanout mm-hmm. or tune up uh, to get my lungs kind of back in tip top shape. So. Um, They were all praying for me, and they decided when they won this little contest that they were going to donate the money to the CF Foundation. So they asked me to come in, and I I helped receive the check and just gave them a little overview on uh, Hmm. what CF was and kind of what my life looks like with CF.
0: Now, you all are members of the Holy Family Parish. Is there any other connection to the fifth grade class?
1: Well, it's it's my sister-in-law's class. Okay. What's your sister-in-law? Megan Mosek.
0: I don't think I know her uh, I went to all the family as I kind of said earlier big eagle fan so la do la do. that's it yeah I'm a big eagle fan Good in motions too yeah.
1: it's a bummer people can't see that
0: yeah it was very eagle like um, <laughs> 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 on New Year's Day Marie and I actually saw an e- bald eagle at the Charlestown State Park which was one of the highlights of my life so I had to throw that in there just, <laughs> just to go back just for a, uh, a light hearted segue to the land of the eagles so uh, I love that all the families doing that, so I think that's that's awesome that they chose mm-hmm. you all. Um, so, kind of one of your, not necessarily passion, but you kind of enjoy spreading awareness about CF? Absolutely, okay. yes.
1: Yeah, right. I kind of consider it my way of giving back to the CF Foundation because they are absolutely the reason that I'm even talking to you today. They put a ton of uh, work into keeping people with CF, like, living quality life mm-hmm. and um, continuing to
0: prolong our lives. And 100% of cystic fibrosis research is fu- I mean, it's funded 100% private, right? There's not right. one ounce there's of no, government.
1: There's no government funding for cystic fibrosis. So it's research. not like a lot,
0: a lot of diseases that, you know, do get government funded research right. projects. This right. one is relatively unknown. I mean, how many people right. does it affect in America?
1: Um, about 30,000 people in the United States. So
0: yeah. So the CF Foundation is, I mean, it's I really, really yeah, it's incredible. incredible. I mean, yeah. well, we heard this, somebody,
2: said, I, I don't know who said this, I think the president of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, but he said that uh, cystic fibrosis right now is the greatest story in medicine. Because in 1950, like, people with cystic fibrosis didn't live until they were 10 years old. Mm-hmm. When they, and they found were. out their
1: kids had CF, the doctors would say, just take them home and love them for however long you have them.
2: Yeah.
1: And that was kind of just the, there wasn't enough treatment for CF at all.
2: And so eventually, the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation was started and and they funded and they were able to organize themselves and then they funded finding the genome and then once they found the genome, they funded a company to figure out how they were going to fix this gene. Mm -hmm. And this company, what they did is they bought a founding stake in, in this company called Vertex. Yeah. And Vertex ended up uh, making a drug called Kaleinico, which was the first drug to treat the underlying cause of cystic fibrosis many okay. years later. And then now they made of course, or can be, which yeah. is another drug. And now they're, which caused, you know, um, attacks the same thing. And then they're making other drugs every, you know, in Probably. the pipeline. So it's really
0: like the little, I mean, it's the, like you said, the, the underdog in the medical yeah. research mm-hmm. field. Yeah. They're Def- the one. Definitely thing. a
2: success story. Yeah. It's a huge success story.
0: That's awesome. Um, so with the CF Foundation, have you ever been, have there ever been any like you ever been to like a benefit auction or anything? Because if not, I am a benefit auctioneer specialist, certified. <laughs> oh, we've got
1: connections now. So
0: I would love to do that. Let's do it. We should do it. That would be fun.
1: Let's do it. Maybe that's our event. Yeah. We've been wanting to shameless plug. We've been wanting to Christian and I host some kind of event for like our friends and family and just have like our own little C F fundraiser okay. like at our house. Well,
0: I'd be mm-hmm. more than happy to donate my services as an auctioneer. Right. So that would yeah, we be got fun. got that. Yeah. We <laughs> yeah. <places>. This, this <laughs>
2: is a good friend. I'm glad we did the new friend game because now we have a new friend. Yeah.
0: I'm an auctioneer, and if they didn't, if you didn't know that, I would pulled up in a plastered minivan with my auction company's logo on it. So it's it wasn't very subtle. So, um, you probably, your neighbors probably think you're selling your house, which is which isn't very exciting. Oh, another fun thing, new this little tidbit is. They live on a street in New Albany, and my grandpa or great-uncle built this house, which is pretty interesting, too, so it's kind of funny. It's pretty awesome. It's kind of, it's just a pretty wild, like, tapestry of life to think yeah, like. meant and to be. They built those houses on a, it's kind of, this is very off-subject, but this is the great thing about podcasts, you just never know where you're going <laughs> to go. But they built these houses on, um, they would sell them to people on contract with owner financing through uh, my grandpa and great-uncle's company, so... They would sell them to like he came back from the war and they built these houses so they were you know people literally live in the American dream. So it's kind of interesting like to think they built this house. And he's they both passed away now I'm like it's kind of it's kinda of weird to think I'm into this place. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So awesome. it's kinda of weird. I didn't really think about it until now. Which yeah. is interesting. That's pretty it's cool. very serendipitous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well we're
2: grateful for your grandfather because it's a really nice house. Yeah it
0: so is we, we like our it's home. Good home. Oh man well that's exciting. So we'll get back to um CF, so we kind of, again, we kind of, I can, I'll be honest, I kind of wanted to talk to you all about this for a while now, and then your article really kind of spurred me to contact you all about it, because when we started this podcast, we wanted to interview people in this area that are doing interesting and cool things, and you all, I think, are very fascinating, because Christian, your article spoke a lot about, as you said, like the life expectancy, you know, back in the 50s you know, was five to ten years and now it's thirties or forties and within, you know, 50, 60 years it's increased that much. But, you know, that article is so interesting to me because I mean it's it's very serious. Like it's not it's not like it's it wasn't like particularly lighthearted and it took a lot of courage to write to be that open about it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be really interesting to speak about the, generally, your very interesting perspective on life, and kind of maybe ways that you know other people can have that same perspective that you have, because um, we've kind of been talking about that when a book we talked about on Maximize Day was "When Breath Becomes Air" by Paul Kalanithi, and before I came here, I listened to a TED Talk with his his wife, Lucy Kalanithi. And the quote that stuck out to me the most was, um, living is more than staying alive. And before we started recording, um, or before Christian got here, Jill and I were talking about that, and she thought that quote really stuck out a lot as well. And you were just kind of saying earlier how how precious your days are. And I just kind of was curious to see if you could elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah,
1: I think um, especially now that we have Simon my my perspective on life is just everything feels amplified mm-hmm. like um, you know I wake up every day and I I try my hardest you know I sometimes I'm really tired and cranky because I want to go back to bed too mm-hmm. but um, I just am really grateful that I have the health I do today mm-hmm. and I try to focus on you know what I have today and yeah, I do have to pause in my day to make sure I get my breathing treatments done. And that takes up, you know, like two hours of every day of my life. Um, but I focus more on like how that helps keep me healthy. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the medicine that I have to remember, that's an, another way that I can help, um, you know, maximize my day. <laughs> Shameless plug there. She's the ultimate um, spokeswoman. Yeah, but but truly, I, um, I don't take a day for... Granted, or at least I try to live my life in that way because mm-hmm. um, I think we, we all are kind of called to do that and just live with grateful hearts and, and I think our lives are fuller because of it.
0: Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with you, okay? Okay. This week's episode is brought to you by the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Donations can be made at cff.org. In fact, if you feel so moved to make a donation, please comment on the post of this podcast on Facebook, or message us privately with the amount donated, and Maximize Today will match the first $150 donated. So, go ahead and do it, folks. Let's get $300 raised for CFF. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, we are back from commercial break, and we are going to hop into uh, the article that Christian wrote. So, um, where did you write this article at, and kind of explain what it was about.
2: Yeah, so the article is published on the National Catholic Reporter and um, a couple months ago they kind of put out a call for some new Young Voices column writers and they have this Young Voices column which is essentially written by Catholics in their 20s um, about anything, really. And so I submitted a couple um, drafts of of some articles I thought would be good they would like and they they said, yeah, why don't you come on and write some articles. And so uh, my first article was published May 11th in the National Catholic Reporter, and uh, I went back and forth about the article that I published. Admittedly, I wrote probably 30 or 40 thousand words before I landed on on what I ended up
0: writing, which was only a thousand word article. And thirty thousand, thirty forty thousand words is like a
2: lot of words. Three
0: hours of reading, probably. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I wrote yeah. a lot. That's a novella, and
2: you know it's funny. Yeah, I but I wrote a lot of different stories and I just couldn't settle on something May is a special month for us May is Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month May is the month that our son was born um, you know last May was an, just an incredible month I mean we we went to the hospital for Jillian to be induced and it was just such an emotional experience I mean it was Jillian was in labor for like 26 hours and, and we weren't sure if, if she was going to have to have an epidural or not and and it was just such an amazing experience because Jillian, nine months before that, I mean, we were just so concerned. We were so, so worried, scared. so mm-hmm. scared about um, what would happen with her pregnancy. I mean, there are a lot of questions. You know, with the you know, how is the lung function going to maintain? What would happen if she has to go to the hospital? What, what are all these effects that the medicine's going to have on the baby? Uh, is he going to grow okay? Is she going to be able to maintain weight? You know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we did. We went to the doctor. Um, but essentially every two All weeks. All the time. And then by the end of the pregnancy for two months, she was going every week. Now can I ask, was there ever...
0: Is CF hereditary? Like, was there yeah. fear that... Yeah Simon... that,
1: that was another concern, too. So CF is genetic, but it's also recessive. So okay. um, nobody else in my parents before I was born had it that we knew of, and um, they had no idea that they were carriers of this gene. Mm-hmm. And so we actually don't know if Christian's a carrier or not. Um, we kind of assumed and hoped that he wasn't during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But we decided not to even get him tested because yeah. of that, that worry for Simon. And there's nothing that you can do before, you know, before he's born to do yeah. him for it. So we just kind of trusted, like, whatever will be, will be. and um yeah, Luckily, and before we dive in,
2: yeah. maybe maybe before we dive into talking more about the ARGO, maybe we should explain a little bit about what CF is. So That's probably well, a good idea
0: because, like I said, I, I yeah, don't know anything a about lot of it.
1: People, a lot of people don't know a lot about it. Um, so I guess the easiest way to explain it is that CF, it's so it's genetic, and um, basically I had a one-in-four chance of having CF, even though both my parents were carriers of the gene. And when you have CF, um, your all your body's mucus is just thicker and stickier, so that causes a lot of problems in the lungs and the digestive system. And so, things that I have to do to keep myself healthy and kind of living each day, I do three breathing treatments a day um, to keep my mucus the mucus mm-hmm. clear and. Um, I also try to stay really active and exercise in order to keep the mucus loosened up.
2: I have a question. Have a question. Yes. Yeah. What's a breathing treatment? <laughs> a breathing, yeah, breathing
1: treatment. Very good question, Christian. I, I put on this, for, for me, it, it looks different for everybody with CF, but I put on this shaky vest that fills mm-hmm. up with air. And um, sometimes Simon likes to pull the tubes out so he can feel the air in his face, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, so I do that for 30 minutes. And then I also do um, inhaled nebulized medicine. And, and then I, I take lots of pills, probably 20 or 30 pills a day, medicine with um, digestive enzymes with every meal or snack or frappuccino. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I take uh, a new medicine called Orcanby every night and every morning uh, to, that actually changes the way my cells work and tries to get them more like normal people cells.
0: And that's relatively new.
1: It's very new. Okay. Um, I was in the actually the clinical trial for it, or KMB, uh starting in college, and then it got approved by the FDA like one month before I found out that I was pregnant. And I actually think that our KMB, uh helped in us it was getting a pregnant. Fertilizer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it made of everything work well. Um, and and then so then I just take like vitamins to help keep my weight up because people with CF have a harder time uh, getting all the nutrition from okay. their food. And so that's why, like Christian said, when I was pregnant, there were all these further complications. I've also got CF-related diabetes, so um, I have to take some basal insulin every night just to keep my blood sugars from kind of going crazy. Um, and that, of course, was worse during the pregnancy. So just a lot of concerns overall um, with, you know, the regular maintenance of my health. And then how do you adjust that for when you have a little baby a Yeah, because everything else is you. already... Yeah, yeah, so like this this vest I have um, goes, it basically wears like a life jacket, mm-hmm. right? But when you have a huge like watermelon in well, your yeah. belly, you can't really wear your life jacket. So I wore like a band around the top and it did the same job, but hmm. allowed room for Simon to kind of move around. So When
0: you're pregnant, you're pretty much out of breath.
1: Exactly. Almost yeah. nine months anyway, yeah. so. Yeah. Man,
0: that's...
2: Yeah. And so like walking through that with her, I mean, it was, it was a challenge. I mean, from time to time. And I think I've been thinking about this a lot lately about my role and Jillian's life uh, with her cystic fibrosis. Um, you know, I'm thinking I'm, I have, I'm a husband to somebody with cystic fibrosis. I'm not, I'm not a mother, I'm not a father, I'm not a grandmother, a grandfather, a brother, a sister, mm-hmm with somebody who's sick differentrus yeah. yeah I know those people mm-hmm. they're great people uh, and they each have their own role you know like I wasn't there and Jillian was in diapers I didn't cut up her pills to put in her food I didn't uh, stay up late at night pounding her back to get mucus out of her lungs I didn't go to the hospital with her twice a year when she was little. Um, I didn't sit there when she was a baby very concerned about what was wrong you know I didn't Mm -hmm. I didn't do all that her family did and all those people they all have their own journeys with cystic fibrosis and the way that they see it and the way that they see Jillian kind of living through it Uh, I came to Jillian and to this later on in life when she kind of was able to take care of all of that and when she kind of went through of all that and had developed her own philosophy about how she was going to live life and how she was going to take care of herself um and so
1: Uh, i'm gonna interrupt and i think this is a (laughs) this is a fair point to say that i actually pulled out a chart of my pulmonary function tests and looked at them looked at the history and the trend of how they were going right Mm -hmm. and when i was in high school my lung function was declining uh pretty significantly like uh, enough to see on the chart and then uh, in August, July, July, actually of two thousand ten. There's a sharp spike where they go up and they stay up and they, they sh- have stayed up and they haven't gone back down. Did you meet somebody around that time? That's exactly right. when we started dating. So <laughs> if anybody needs like actual evidence that they found the right person, I think I think pulmonary
0: I found charts it. would be helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man.
2: So everybody should take a lung function tests when they meet. they think they <laughs> meet the one because um, yeah. maybe maybe they can breathe better. I don't know. I that know. is pretty fascinating yeah. really. it, is.
0: it is it'd be cool if you could frame that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we, we probably could it's actually it'd be cool like, yeah, like,
1: good anniversary gift idea right there
2: yeah.
0: Man, right. I should have told it. Christian in private I know <laughs> <laughs> I work on I know, I think it'd be kind of cool though like June 2010 and then whenever y'all met again yeah. that'd be interesting
2: yeah it, it, it is and yeah cause she yeah and the hospital stays have gone down significantly since then too only they three have. times since 2010 which is pretty remarkable huh really yeah that's way below average I would
1: assume for for me you know it's different everybody with CF there's this is something that I'm realizing more and more as I'm older and I'm I'm getting this social work background that like the way I was brought up in Mm -hmm. treating my own disease the way my parents kind of shaped their attitudes and um, you know treatments and taking care of myself my adherence to what I needed to do wasn't really optional for mm-hmm. me in my life. I never saw them kind of skip on it, just like if I taught Simon that way, he would do the same thing when he got older. So I'm realizing that I kind of had a leg up, but I'm really grateful that they um, they started out just with instilling that attitude in me. Um, and everybody's mutations with CF are really different yeah. too. It can affect one, even in a set of twins, one twin can have it a lot worse than another. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So it completely manifests itself differently. But when I was in high school, I I had a pretty serious, um, just struggle with keeping my lungs clear and staying healthy. And I was hospitalized probably every five or six months until, wow. um, until, two thousand eleven. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it, that's kind of what I was getting at. I didn't really meet Jillian until until then. Yeah. I didn't meet Jillian until two thousand ten until she had really developed a philosophy about how she was going to do all this uh, and so I think when when Simon got pregnant was just such a turning point for the both of us Simon
1: didn't get pregnant he was very young wow <laughs> <laughs> can we cut uh, that no. yeah <laughs> so
2: when Jillian got pregnant it was a turning point for us for me I'll say I don't want to speak for Jillian but it was a turning point for me in a lot of ways a, a lot of things just became more real mm-hmm. um And they became more real, and I started to wonder more what it would be like to um, learn how to accompany somebody in this illness Mm -hmm. um, while also uh, raising a child. Yeah. And I didn't know what that would look like, um, because children require so much Mm -hmm. of your time and your energy and all that. And... So, when I sat down to write this article, I thought, well, I have we've been doing this for the past year, um, and so I should really think about what, it, what that means and what it meant for us. Um, and really, when we were in the hospital, uh, kind of going through all of this, it's a story worth telling. I mean, Jillian, Simon was in the right spot and all that, and that's really important. Mm-hmm. But it was 24 hours of just pure magnificence, like... Like the whole the whole labor. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. Um, when Simon was born, it, you know, it was probably the only time Julian was in the hospital that wasn't CF related, mm-hmm. and so there was that hopeful piece to it. But also, like, she didn't have an epidural. It wasn't you know it, it was just like we were there. I was holding her hand. I was looking into her eyes. She was pushing Simon out, and it was just like the most powerful, amazing, miraculous thing I've ever witnessed in my life. And Simon came out, It was amazing, screaming, you know, and he was the baby and all that. And
1: And he was healthy. And he was healthy and he was
2: happy and he was perfect. And Jillian was there healthy, happy, and perfect. And she was the strongest I've ever seen her. And I know that in that moment it was the strongest that she's ever felt. And... You know, they cleaned Simon off, they did all that, and they checked him and all that. The NICU teams and the there was like 30 people in the room because, you know, everybody wanted to see a CF woman having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the NICU team's like five people, and, you know, we had residences. We didn't have like a doctor. Well, they were doctors, but they yeah. were resident mm-hmm. doctors. And so there were two of them kind of taking the baby, and, you know, they were nurses and all stuff. Is you know, so many people. But chaos. Like, Organized yeah. chaos. But like, we were there, and it's crazy. There's so many people in the room, but you're just like locked in. You're locked into your wife, and it just felt like the two of you, and Simon came out, and it just felt like the three of you. Huh. and, you know, they put Simon in my arms, and I, I cried, like, <laughs> no other, I just, oh, I've never cried, I, I don't know, I just, I knew I was gonna cry, I just lost it, and I was, like, looking at him, and in the article, you know, I, I had lunch with a friend, uh, they will remain nameless, <laughs> uh, from earlier in the day, and she kind of, we kind of walked out, I needed to leave, I was, like, just tired, and she knew I needed to leave, and so we left, we went down to the hospital dining room, and and um, we were just talking about you know trying to settle my anxiety and all of that, which I had a lot of in the last in the nine months, and just thinking about all the things that could go wrong, and I had this habit of doing that, which mm-hmm. is not good, right? And uh, she just kind of looked at me and she said, you know, whatever happens, I'll be there for you and for him, and that's um, comforting. Um, this was your friend. This I was a friend. Okay. This was a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's is comforting, and I don't think um, it's important to to note that when she said that, she didn't mean um, when Jillian dies. Yeah, um, and I think it's clear to say that. I think she just mean meant CF has a lot of crap to it. Yeah, and uh, you know, so many people see it, you know, they struggle a lot with all sorts of different stuff, and so it's just nice to say, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening in your life, and I'm going to be there to support you, and so. Thought that was really helpful
1: right? which is which is really interesting because the same friend wrote me a letter just you know a couple days before I had Simon and wrote that i'll be here for for wow. you and yeah. for your family you know for Simon no matter what happens and i read that same sentence and i i felt kind of like all these other emotions because i thought she meant like if you die yeah. i'll be there because that was my ultimate fear right i was terrified that in labor, something would happen. Like, I have this, this body that I've only seen as so broken and flawed mm-hmm. and... and you
0: yeah, do the most you
1: know, I have traumatic thing. I have CF, yeah, yeah, and I'm going to... And I'm, I'm supposed to bring another human into the world. Like, of course I can't do that, but I could, yeah. and I mm-hmm. did. And I, I wish I had someone there who, who told me, like, huh. you're going to make it through this. I, and um, that, was, that was hard for us. We were both very fearful, um, but now it's kind of like we, at least I feel like I did the thing I, never thought I could do.
0: Yeah. So now you are, now there. Who knows which obstacles are there that now you? Yeah. Can it's overcome. I mean it's,
1: it's really empowering as a family. I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think when we think about cystic fibrosis, it's easy to tell one story. Mm-hmm. What a story about a sick person. Who struggles and then loses their life too early? Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to CF, that that story is tragically the story that has um, been told. Been told, and it is it is a tragic story. It's it's a horrible, and there have been like I've read books, I've read articles, I've read i read a lot of stuff about about that. It's just it's a hard story to tell, and I my heart goes out to all those people who have been through that and. That story is there, and that story has its own truth to it, um, and it's important to acknowledge that. But I think, just as with anything, there are a million other stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and CF is complex, and it, it has that single story about a sick person losing their life too early, but it also has the story of a incredibly strong person overcoming um, something that was put on them that they can't control mm-hmm. yet accepting it and 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 showing showing the world that that in in trial and in struggle there can be beauty and there can be strength mm-hmm. and and through that you can kind of have the courage to overcome anything that comes your way okay you know
0: that's yeah I mean that's so one of your purposes in life that you, you I mean is showing that you know it's more than your illness like there's you can overcome
1: yeah yeah absolutely it's i mean i feel like this is our story that we need to tell because it is so important and it it's hard it's yeah. hard to tell it it's,
0: it is hard um, and, it, and it, it, go ahead sorry
1: no no it it's hard but it's necessary i think because we have this it's like a gift right You know, it's the reason why I wake up every day and I feel like I'm not going to take today for granted Mm -hmm. and I'm going to live my life to the fullest and all those really cliche sayings. But but I I truly try to embody them. And if I didn't have CF, I wouldn't have that. And if I didn't have this story, I wouldn't have that richness. Mm -hmm. And so it is ultimately the story I want to share. And, um, you know, for other people with CF and for people who don't have it, so... You know we can, all kind of like, be in this together. It's it, it is alienating sometimes. Yeah, but, but it's kind of a, a journey that I want to invite people into. And,
0: and what I think is kind of interesting is, like the themes that y'all are talking about. I mean they don't they don't just fit in the CF box. Like it can fit in, you know any don't have to be. Any, I mean with any illness or any, you know, whether that be like mental illness. I mean like, you're overcoming obstacles. Doesn't mm-hmm. it's not it's not unique to your CF story, but like it could be, I mean, it's easily translatable to everybody. And we were kind of talking about earlier now, you have a very, speaking to Jillian here, like you have a very unique way that you live now because I mean, you know that your particular disease has timetables on it and you know how that affects your life and everybody has a timetable. Now, Within like the framework of your disease, you have your time down now, something could happen
1: to any of us. Yeah, to
0: any of us, and even to you, like not yeah. related to cystic fibrosis yeah. But like and you were talking about how important that is to your life and like how and what I think is interesting about your own story is that it easily applies to me and my life and like not that I have a terminal illness that I know, you know, that has a very specific, you know, Timeline on it, but like now, I, I mean, I, knowing you, and like you talk about the joy you have from your life now, knowing that every day has meaning to it, like seeing you do that can make me do it easier, and it can make other people do it easier, which I think is very powerful, and is probably has to drive you, like knowing that you can do that, I think is probably pretty powerful. I would think.
1: Well, I, I'm touched to hear you say that. That means a lot.
0: So. Oh, man. Well, is there anything else you all want to talk about before we wrap this up? I do want to ask one thing about Not CF. You're at Spalding, right? And you mm-hmm. said uh, in passing you said you're working on social work. Yep. Is that your master's yes, in social my work? Yeah, i your
2: master's in social work. Okay.
0: Yep. Now what's the end goal after you get that? What, do you, what would you like hmm. to do? I'm just curious.
1: Ironically, um, some doors recently have kind of opened, and I have a very specific end goal for the first time in my whole entire okay. life. Um, I hope to work with the CF community and do like, uh, so an interesting thing about CF that I didn't mention before that really plays into my end goal, um, is that people with CF have this isolation requirement that you cannot be, so we couldn't even have this conversation right now because, um, if I have CF and you have CF, we each grow certain bacteria in our Mm -hmm. lungs constantly.
0: We're not quite sure what that noise was. Did it that monitor? Or? Uh,
1: that's a tool puzzle. Toy?
0: Either way, it's one of Simon's toys.
1: That's really scary.
2: Sometimes Simon's toys become alive in the middle of the night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Toy Story. <laughs> they start talking it's, it's to your, each other. Your
1: grandfather that was. Yes, still he's still working. Yes. Yeah, he's working with his tools. And brother. earlier
0: I just spoke. I didn't mean to say in goal. Like I always kind of get that's a weird phrase in general. Your next goal, yeah, I should say. Yeah. End goal is a bad phrase. Uh, but end like general.
1: end goal for college. Yeah, yeah so like yeah. What,
0: what's your next goal? So your next goal is yeah. you're working with so, the Yeah, um,
1: so sure. anyway, people with CF have to be separate and mm-hmm. can't uh, like physically be around each other within like six feet because of the bacteria that they grow in their okay. lungs that it could make, you, you could get each other sick. So, which is really isolating, right? Yes. Because you want to be around people who are like you going yeah, through so many really te- things. Yes. So, Um. Uh, hopefully I'll be um, doing my practicum this coming year with a group. They're actually based in Montana. Um, but I'm a part of their first cohort right now doing um, like exercise okay. and uh, just kind of like life goals to help with treatment adherence and all of that. So um, they've kind of welcomed me to come aboard their team okay. and to work via like Skype and um, cool. remotely so I can work from home. Which is awesome, also to maintain all of the stuff I have to do for CF, um, that I can work with the CF community and try to help others be more, more adherent and just kind of live their lives fully. So fantastic.
0: All right. Yeah. Christian, what's your next goal with either writing more or like is there anything you have coming up that you're particularly interested to in tackle? Just curiosity, like even. Oh, I do hope that I write more. Yeah, that is something that I really enjoy doing. Because this one seemed to have, I mean, I saw it all over Facebook with all of our friends. So yeah. it seems like it was pretty well received. Yeah,
1: he's, yeah. Pre- he's pretty
2: good. He's yeah, like, I mean, that
0: was some top-level writing. And it's going to be linked into the podcast, so don't worry. So it, felt
2: that it did feel good to see it kind of spread all over. Um, yeah, I hope I write more. That's kind of, if I had a goal in the next few years, I suppose it would be that. Like to write like a memoir or like just keep writing articles? Oh, just keep writing articles. Yeah.
1: I think we do have an end goal of writing it some kind of book
2: yeah maybe one day yeah
0: we'll see
1: maybe one day
2: okay we'll alright
0: well I think with that's that little, a teaser I think <laughs> that teaser I think that uh, the hopeful transmission is a great way to end the episode so uh, thank you all incredibly incredibly much for welcoming into your house thank you and
1: absolutely
0: agreeing to do this because this was a lot of fun um, important conversation I think And uh, hey, not, before, before yes. we end can I end it by going
2: you know how they do like blah 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 this is NPR. Oh, of course you can. Can yeah. I do that? Yeah. Like at the end?
0: Yeah, is that it? it, it? Or you want to be better at that? Oh,
2: huh? maybe. <laughs> oh, we record it separate? No. Well, we don't have to record it separate, but <laughs> are we done?
1: I guess so.
0: Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything you want to ask me?
1: Um, what's your favorite color, Hunter?
0: Ooh, I like green. Um, Hunter green is a color I do enjoy. Not because <laughs> my name. Uh, I like a nice olive green. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I like charcoal grey a lot, which is mm-hmm. very uh not super you know, bright, hopeful colors, but I think an olive green is real sharp. My, my my computer bag is like very olive earthy. green. Earthy, yeah. like close to army green, it's something I like. So yeah. um uh, it's a little bit about me, you know. Now the world knows more.
1: <laughs> For newly friends.
0: Newly friends, okay
1: newly friends.
0: Um okay. Uh
2: It's 9.50.
0: This is NPR. No, maximize today. <laughs> That's okay, NPR. Say, it again, say it again, say it again, Okay, <laughs> we're not editing any of this out either. Btw. What? <laughs> Shoot, <laughs>
1: wait,
2: <Sorry>. so this, <laughs> this, Alright, this, so how do you, okay. I have to think about that because there's more syllables to that. This is maximized today.
0: Wow. I should be yeah. on NPR.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> really should. That's gonna be your next gig, man.
0: We hope you enjoyed the show. We know you're doing and promoting good. Now please stick around for the podcast in review. Hope you guys enjoyed this very special episode of the Maximize Day Podcast. Uh this was one of my favorite episodes that we've done, and it was also one of the more challenging ones that we've done. Um this was, you know, some real life issues for Christian and Jillian. This was this wasn't hypothetical. Um, it is a society that they're trying to fix this was their real life and their real life with cystic fibrosis and it's a a disease that you know doesn't have a cure and it's something that Christian and Jillian tackle head-on day after day and it's inspiring to talk to them it's inspiring to know them and I really hope that you all enjoyed this episode and that you have a learned about cystic fibrosis and B can um, Take the lessons that they have learned and apply them to your own life. As and and I say that in reference to um, the zest and the urgency that they both live with. Um, we mentioned a lot about the you know the timeline that that comes with cystic fibrosis and how that affects their life. And I think that was the the definitely the the main point of this podcast was how how they don't take things for granted because they specifically know you know that. You know what comes with cystic fibrosis and what comes with that is a shorter life expectancy. And they, um, I mean, as I said earlier, are inspiring about how, how they fit, you know, so much life into their days. It's awesome. And it's something that we can all do because we kind of spoke about how, um, you know, we might not all have a terminal disease that says, you know, this is when you're going to pass away. But, um, you know, we all have that urgency in life. If you think about it, cause you just, you really never know when your time's up, So, um, you know, you got to live every day that you can as best as you can, because you never quite know, you know, when the last day is going to be. So you might as well do the things that you want to do and try to accomplish what you want to accomplish and be with who you want to be and love who you want to love and make sure you love everyone you see and do awesome things. I know that kind of went a lot of rainbows and butterflies there, but, um, you know what life's short and you might as well go out and do interesting things. So, um, Maximize Your Day. And I hope you really enjoyed this. Again, please donate to cff.org. Maximize Day will match the first $150 donated uh, if it is messaged to us. So please let me know uh, if you donate and we will match your donation up to $150. So make sure you do that. And let's raise some money and stay tuned for maybe some gala information in the future. Uh, We're going to get some hopefully some cool stuff going with the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Thank you very much and have a excellent morning, afternoon, or evening.